Hello and welcome to Medium Energy, where we explore technology, being human, and how to find the right balance between the two. I'm your host, Evan Helda, and I'm here to learn with you about tools like spatial computing, blockchain, and artificial intelligence, and how they're all converging to reshape our world. If you want to take full advantage of these tools while staying grounded in the real world, you've come to the right place. For deeper dives into all these topics and more, please check out our newsletter over at mediumenergy.io. We'd love to have you as part of our growing community of thinkers, creators, and doers. What the fuck is medium energy? Glad you asked. Simply stated, it's my mantra for survival in a world being rapidly transformed by technology. But it's much deeper than just that. Before diving in, let's start with some framing. I don't know about you, but the Twilight Zone theme song has been dominating my personal movie soundtrack as of late. Triggered by events like machines now being wildly creative with Dali and Midjourney, or someone's $8,000 investment in a doggy meme coin, Shiba Inu, becoming worth $5 billion, or about 12-year-olds making millions of dollars with cartoonish NFTs, or Facebook now becoming a metaverse company, Tesla being worth a trillion dollars more than almost every other automotive combined, or how about the Federal Reserve printing trillions of dollars and just spiking our debt beyond belief. Safe to say, things are starting to feel strange. And the feeling is palpable, like a light pressure, similar to your back being pushed against the airplane seat during takeoff. I'm guessing you feel it too, but what's the source? You've likely heard the term exponential technology, usually accompanied by a chart like this, depicting the accelerating rate of technological advancement. In a sentence, exponential technologies are, well, exponential. For each set period, they double in power or processing speed. This includes things like AI, drones, augmented and virtual reality, 3D printing, IoT, synthetic biology, the list goes on. The most popular and most fundamental is computing power in Moore's Law, which states that overall computer processing power will double every two years, albeit its continuation is a topic of popular debate. The economics are another key attribute. For example, the cost halves at each period rapidly approaching a price performance that makes sense for practical everyday use. For decades, this term is made for fun academic fodder, a mere hypothesis chock full of conjecture about when the exponential age would come, what the world might look like, and how humanity would fare. Well, I think that the back-to-the-seat pressure feeling from before is this hypothesis turning into reality. We are indeed approaching the knee of the curve and beginning our ascent. This feeling is best encapsulated by an Edward O. Wilson quote, which says, The real problem of humanity is the following. We have Paleolithic emotions, medieval institutions, and godlike technology. It is terrifically dangerous and is now approaching a point of crisis overall. Now, crisis is a strong word. I don't think we're at that point yet. But the early signals of this tension are starting to surface. Ramin Sheth articulated nicely in this recent tweet. He refers to Sean Perry's definition of the metaverse as not a place, but rather a moment in time. A moment in which our digital life is more important than our physical life. So simple, yet so true. A spot-on definition amidst the sea of eye-rolling inducing attempts, free of bias towards immersive worlds, avatars, AR VR headsets, disconnection from the real world, etc. It's a definition I subscribe to, and I hope that you will as well. Within that context, Ramin summarizes how during this metaverse era, everything is going to be much more extreme. 
Economic opportunity will go through the roof, allowing anyone to be a job candidate from anywhere in the world. In turn, competition will become even more fierce, and tasks will get re-rated to their global economic value. For example, easy access for growth associates in the Philippines, best-in-class developers from Eastern Europe, financiers from India. Outcomes will have limitless upside with software creating infinite leverage, for example, crypto and smart contracts, allowing the formation of massive organizations with fewer people, i.e. DAOs. As for our attention, the surface area for engagement becomes limitless. For example, AR glasses plus AI-powered avatars. Putting more stimuli at our fingertips and further stretching our attention spans. I think you get the idea. But if you want more examples, Ramin also touches on empathy, impulse, opinions, agitation, comparison, and polarization. So with this extreme future as our backdrop, let's get back to the question at hand. What the fuck is medium energy? In a practical sense, it's a newsletter designed to help you prosper during this exponential liftoff. It's your compass and oxygen mask during our journey into the stars. It will include ideas, information, and stories about technological progress, the human experience, and the convergence of the two, with a focus on immersive tech, AI, and crypto and Web3. It's also a consolidation of content that I wished existed over my last 10 years fumbling around with the world. This intersection of spatial computing, AI and blockchain will become increasingly important as technology further fuses with our daily existence. Our compilations of hardware and software have evolved far beyond just laptops, phones, or watches. They've become extensions of our consciousness, portals for transcending space and time, self-made mechanisms to accelerate our evolution. Our ability to understand and balance the pros and cons of this power will be key to prosperity for yourself, your organization, and for your community. Of particular importance will be a deeper understanding of ourselves, for example, our minds and our emotions. Many aspects of tech don't sit well with our caveman-like tendencies. Our minds have evolved to brave the Sahara and mess with the local tribe. But technology in the world it's creating is evolving faster than our caveman minds and emotions can handle. So how to reconcile? I think it is counterbalanced with an intimate understanding of the nature of the mind along with the nature of the world and reality in which it fends. All things will be sure to explore. Okay, Evan, sounds deep, good for you, but I still don't get it. Why medium energy? Well, medium energy is also a philosophy or a life mantra, one that I believe is particularly suited for reconciling with the consequences of the metaverse, both the good and the bad. As Shakespeare said, there's nothing neither good or bad, but thinking that makes it so. I tend to consider medium energy on three dimensions, our internal reality, our external reality, and our unseen reality. Each of these will provide a sense of the human experience, topics we'll explore. By internal reality, I mean our modes of consciousness and subjective existence, including our perspective, our mental models, and our motivations. Perhaps the most basic example, while also the most difficult to master, dwells amidst the voices in our head. It's the necessary tension between self-acceptance and striving for greatness. And balance here has created my deepest moments of darkness. Perhaps you can relate. It's also a seemingly impossible sweet spot between being able to focus on achievement while also being easy on yourself. Between whipping yourself to go harder and faster while also accepting where you are and who you are in the present. Oh, the madness that is complacency on one hand, what my college lacrosse coach called everything is fine mode, and self-loathing on the other. 
thoughts like, I suck, I need to do more, why can't I be better? It's taken a few tailspins on both sides of this equation to recognize a semblance of equilibrium, personally speaking. What I've learned to date is that true equilibrium is a fantasy. The voices are never fully conquered. Rather, with a little mental jujitsu, their power can be used to turn the chatter from enemy to ally, all by mastering the ability to just notice. In doing so, we can relegate them to signals that measure how far we're drifting in one direction or another. Mere nudges, not blaring alarms of panic. Once partially reined in, we are then ready to move up the stack from our inner reality towards forms of medium energy that help to protect the agency we most desire in our external reality. In other words, the type of willpower and external action found within what Gay Hendricks calls our zone of genius. A primary example is creativity. Harnessing creativity is the ultimate case study in medium energy. Tapping into our most creative self requires walking a tightrope between control and surrender. Neither is useful on its own. Complete surrender is just chaos, an incoherence that achieves nothing. And complete control is rigid, leading to stale forms of thought. For new and bold ideas to materialize, we need a balanced milieu of the two. One in which we get out of our own way and slightly surrender, but do so with coherence and intention. As for medium energy within our external reality, I'm referring to the necessary contradictions and counterbalances that make our physical world tick. Take Newton's third law of physics. For every action in the universe, there will always be an equal and opposite reaction. Two opposing forces achieving a medium state. There's also complexity theory in which emergent properties surface amidst just the right amount of organic chaos mixed with well-defined rules. For example, human civilization, artificial intelligence, evolution, or my new personal favorite example, blockchain ecosystems, which I'll try to explain in a future piece. Reeling it back to the less esoteric, another example with an external reality is leadership, something I struggle with on a daily basis. Of all human skills and traits, leadership might have the most shades of gray. The optimal approach is rarely ever black or white. I learned this the hard way when I started coaching lacrosse for a bunch of 13-year-olds. I quickly came to understand Machiavelli's quote, it's better to be feared than loved. But you rarely ever see the entire quote, which at the end says, if one cannot be both. As a leader, this is our plight, finding that happy medium between fear and love. As a leader, this is our plight, finding that happy medium. When we succeed in doing so, the results are tremendous. My current employer, Amazon, is a prime example, particularly its cultural blueprint, the 14 leadership principles. These principles are purposely filled with necessary contradictions, aka medium energy, and embracing them, Amazon became one of the most successful companies of all time. My favorite is the tension between the principles are right a lot and learn and be curious. Obviously, to deliver results and be right a lot, you need great judgment and instincts. Paradoxically, Amazon prides itself in calculated bets and failure. Failure has been a cornerstone of the business pushing its leaders to be curious about new possibilities and to act to explore them. Over time, results have come from harnessing the tension and striking just the right balance between these two seemingly opposed principles. Finally, we turn to our unseen reality. I'm largely referring to the realm of quantum mechanics in which subatomic particles are never really here nor there. Until measured, they are just a function or a wave of probability, something between existing and not existing something of a medium state between two potentialities. 
That is until they are properly measured and taken into account relative to the other, which is also known as the relational interpretation of quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics is nature's metaphor for how truth is revealed and when we properly measure two sides of the same coin. When we do so, reality reveals itself. This is especially true when weighing the pros and cons of the metaverse. Some people are fascinated and excited by this potential future, eager for its arrival. Others find it terrifying, fearful of how it might ruin our humanity. Before diving into one camp or another, we must first understand its general nature. From there, we can assess it with certain contexts, at which point we can intelligently parse through the good and the bad. With this vantage, we can be intentional and methodical in how it gets built. Towards this idea, one of my favorite quotes, the nature of the rain is the same, but it makes thorns grow in the marshes and flowers grow in the gardens. I have no idea who said it, someone wise. So in summary, there are endless examples of medium energy within our various realities. But to summarize this whole idea, I'll lean on my favorite encapsulation, the Greek's notion of kairos and chronos. These are two different ways of interpreting our sense of reality and time. Chronos represents our mechanized cognition. This is our objective, quantifiable reality in which time is measured by the hands of a clock, success by metrics such as income, number of friends, or vacations per year. Whereas Kairos is our more subjective and poetic reality. In these states, time is not measured, but rather eroded by deep breaths, the smell of the roses, the depth of a conversation, the awe of a sunset, or the chemistry of a kiss. Author and poet Ursula Le Guin states this wonderfully. She says, science describes accurately from the outside, but poetry describes accurately from the inside. Science explicates, but poetry implicates. Both of these things fuel our individual and collective progress, and both must be embraced to live a fulfilled life. We must chop wood and fetch water to get by day to day, to feed our family, to travel and eat at our favorite restaurants. But what is equally as nourishing is aesthetically oriented nourishment. I personally need experiences of complete immersion and unmixed attention, moments where I disappear. My own forms of prayer, which I often find in writing, reading, playing the piano, cooking, or fly fishing. The key to a well-lived life is developing the intuitive muscles to find a harmony between these different modes. The need to do so will also become more extreme in the metaverse era in which the ability to flourish may very well depend on how well we balance between our digital and physical life. I'll end here with an idea from another great author, Mary Oliver. She says the key to life is to remember ourselves and forget ourselves at the same time. To embrace both our creatureliness and our transcendence as you move through the world. This is how we create what she calls a seizure of happiness. This quote is prescient in the context of our journey towards the exponential and metaverse age. Sure, today's technology can expose the worst parts of our creatureliness and will continue to do so during this phase of transition and liftoff. But once we're off the launch pad, I think this is just the next stage of our evolution in which the aforementioned caveman tendencies and emotions dissolve slowly and then suddenly. At this stage of our evolution, technology will allow us to unleash our transcendent nature in ways that are impossible to conceive today. So here's to our journey towards striking that balance and stabilizing into a state of medium energy. Doing so could dictate whether or not the next 10, 20 years and beyond leads to a renaissance or a dystopia. Regardless of the outcome, I hope this content leads you to many seizures of happiness, bliss and joy, all while learning, staying practical and remaining grounded along the way. 
Thanks for reading and listening. And as a reminder, if you enjoyed, please forward this along to a friend or three. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you enjoyed, please do subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. We have a lot more to come. If you're willing to spare 15 seconds, we would beyond appreciate a quick rating on this podcast. It goes a very long way towards helping this thing grow. Thanks again, and until next time.